0: Aloha party people, you are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 136. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest rum producer and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades. Check out their webpage at TandawaiUSA.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at Tandawai USA. This episode is sponsored by Heartland Hemp and Supply Company. All products are broad-spectrum, THC-free, organically grown and made in the USA. And shipping is free on all orders. For more information, follow them on Instagram at Company, or place your order today at heartland-hemp.com. This episode is brought to you by the Magic Zombie Glass, which turns your regular tiki cocktail into a potent voodoo potion that will raise the dead before your very eyes. Just pour a cold beverage into this authentic 13 and half ounce chimney-style glass and a zombie will magically come to life. Add a bit of mystery and excitement to your backyard luas this summer by heading over to the Magic Zombie Glass Kickstarter page. For only $20, each order comes with a Magic Zombie Glass and other exclusive collectible items only available through the Kickstarter campaign. This campaign ends on June 30th, so act fast. Head to Kickstarter now and search for the Magic Zombie Glass. Again, that's kickstarter.com and search for Magic Zombie Glass. Today we chat with Ruby Champagne. Ruby Champagne is an award-winning burlesque performer, dancer, and pin-up model whose accolades include Miss Viva Las Vegas in 2010, Best Soloist at A Q in 2012, Queen of Burlesque at the San Antonio Burlesque Festival in 2014, and most recently crowned as Miss Tiki Oasis in 2018. On this episode, we chat with Ruby at her local tiki bar, The Bamboo Club, in Long Beach, California. Hear how she got her start in burlesque, how it changed over her 13-year career, and who we think would best portray her if a movie were to be made about her life. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. And if you did, hit that subscribe button. Subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures. Shares on your social media pages are always appreciated. And if you'd like to help support the show, go to desertoasisroom.com to pick up some merch or make a donation. This podcast does not survive without the help of its sponsors or its listeners. So every purchase or donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated. Helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. Okay, here she is, the Mexican Spitfire of Burlesque. Give it up for Miss Ruby Champagne. Mm-hmm. Aloha, Ruby. Aloha. Thanks for joining the show.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm so happy I finally got you on the show. I, I don't know if you remember the first time we met. No. <laughs> it was about 10 years ago at the Brixton. You were dancing yeah. with the hula girls. Okay. Yeah, and we took a cool photo together that I'm really embarrassed about now because I'm making a stupid face, but,
1: <laughs> but it was fun.
0: I mean, it was, you know, I don't even know if the Brixton is still around.
1: I was going to say, is that even around here? I don't anymore? know. It's
0: over there on the...
1: Redondo uh, oh, Redondo. Redondo Beach. Redondo Redondo. Beach. Yeah, oh, my yeah, gosh, yeah. yeah. I know they're
0: like side by side. So wow. I, I, I wouldn't have expected you to remember that because you've probably met a thousand people and done a million shows. That was
1: a long time ago.
0: Right, right. So <laughs> it was a long time ago. But thank
1: you for sharing that memory. That's pretty awesome. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so, anyway, let me start by saying cheers.
1: Yes. Cheers. So, for all of
0: our listeners that are hearing this, we are at the Bamboo Club in Long Beach.
1: Bamboo Lounge. And. Um, Bamboo Club. I don't know what to call it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think they call it the Bamboo Club. This is.
1: I call it my favorite place.
0: There you go. <laughs> this is Ruby's home bar. Yes. Yeah. So, pretty cool. I'm having a painkiller. She's having a three dots. I'm supposed to be dry right now, but I'm making an exception for you, Ruby. Oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into this. I have a bunch of standard questions that you've probably answered a million times, but I'm going to ask you anyway for the benefit of our listeners. Yes. And I think that you have a fascinating background because you've been able to persevere in this, you know, like people Mm -hmm. come and go right? True. In any scene. And you've made quite a name for yourself. So with that said, for our listeners that don't know, let's talk about how long you've been performing. How long have you been performing as a burlesque dancer?
1: I have been a burlesque performer for 13 years.
0: 13 years.
1: Yes. Going on 13 years. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. It is. It is quite an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, totally. Yes.
0: Yeah. To do anything that long and still be... I mean, still be like at the top of your game, still be yes. passionate, and, and you know, that's, that is quite an accomplishment. Was mm. there a catalyst that motivated you to try your hand at burlesque?
1: Yes. There was. It all sparked in New York. I lived in New York a few years ago. Okay. And I would attend all the burlesque shows possible. In New York. And then I discovered the New York School of Burlesque. And after a breakup, boo. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Those are always bad.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty much what what pushed me to get out there and do something and not be sad for some stupid dude. Yeah. yeah.
0: So <laughs> well, that's so part that of empowering yourself out, yeah. out of that situation, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. It's to dust yourself off and say, "You know, I don't need him." Right. I'm going to do my own thing.
1: I'm going to do something amazing.
0: What brought you to New York in the first place?
1: I wanted to move there. Oh, okay. That was it. I just liked it. I well, I loved it. I loved it so much that I what, moved there. Was but that Yeah, that was it.
0: That was like something you always just wanted to move to New York?
1: No. I didn't even <laughs> that was it, wasn't even a dream of mine ever. Okay. I'd never been. I this basically I went in March of 2003 okay. with a group of girls. Well, I didn't go with a group of girls, but I went as kind of like a kind of like a what they call stage kitten nowadays. But it wasn't anything with burlesque, it was actually an all female salsa dance company, and I went. Because my friend who directed the dance company, she wasn't able to go. So I went as just kind of like a pair of eyes to make sure everything yeah. was running smoothly, that they they danced the right moves and all that stuff. So that that was basically why I ended up going in March of 2003. I loved it so much that I moved that October of 2003. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I just, I loved it. The pace and the energy yeah. and just the the city i just fell in love instantly yeah yeah
0: that's understandable i can see how people would fall in love yeah. with new york
1: yeah i don't yeah. know if i would now so oh, i'm glad really? I, i'm glad i did it then when i did and i'm glad that i i had the guts to just pack up and go literally yeah. so but yeah i don't know if i'd be willing to do that now is that
0: because <laughs> you're a different person now or yes. is that be- it is and i'm
1: older okay okay <laughs> So yeah. yeah, so the
0: question was going to be if it was because you're a different person now or if because New York is different now. It's, it's probably probably be- both. Yeah. Yes,
1: definitely. Because I'm sure, I'm sure the vibe is still there, but mm-hmm. I'm sure the energy is different, and even the you know the industry, like burlesque industry, is different. Even my my day job industry is different. Okay. So yeah. Um, and then just being older, I don't really want to deal with that pace because it is it is tough, and it is definitely. I get it. Surviving in New York, you don't even yeah, live in, yeah, New York, yeah. yeah, in New York; you survive. in Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's a young person city in my mind because, you know, the what do they call it—the city that never sleeps. Yes. And yes. I need my sleep, man. <laughs> I
1: mean, <laughs> <For> <laughs> you sure. know, like even like yeah. these
0: tiki events that like, they just i just can't hang anymore i know. You know Yeah. so yeah as we get older we slow down a little bit i totally it's true it's
1: totally true and yeah. it's funny because i have some friends that are like no that's never gonna happen to me i'm like just you yeah wait. you watch mark my words it's, go- it's gonna catch up
0: <laughs> watch yep so you went there with a dance group mm-hmm. and so you do have a dance background
1: I do, but it's not a professional per se, just a hobby. Okay. I used to go salsa dancing like five nights a week. Okay. So, yeah, that was my other passion.
0: Do you think that helped you with your burlesque dancing? Absolutely, yes. Oh, okay. Yes,
1: because I definitely incorporate a lot of Latin moves, which I feel like I'm known for, and that's one of my signature brands, I guess, mm-hmm. that I'm known for is uh, Latin moves and classic style. Okay, yeah. okay.
0: That was actually going to be one of my questions. If there was a particular style that you lean towards,
1: mm-hmm.
0: have you thought about trying any other styles? Or is it really something that you just prefer to do that Latin style?
1: Uh, I pretty much stick to the classic striptease burlesque style. And then I'll, I'll incorporate Latin moves when, when the act calls for it. And I, I do have one act that's what I call out of my box where it's a little bit more like funk music. And that's pretty much as far that as is cool. that I go. Because um, I feel like it's just more organic for me to do the classic style. Right. And, and that's what I'm known for. And I feel that there's so many people doing different varieties nowadays. So I feel like it's okay to, to stick to my roots and yeah. stick to what I'm best at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I get it. There's a lot of crossover with burlesque and pinup. Yes. So with the dancers and the models, I know that not mm-hmm. all the models dance, mm-hmm. but it seems like all of the dancers have some form of modeling under their belt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And other so other than that performance aspect, I mean, how are they the same, and how are they different?
1: I feel that they're the same because a burlesque dancer, or any dancer for that matter, knows their body movement. They know what angles they look best in. And so I feel like for them to pose for an image to be captured is easy because they know, like, okay, I'm going to stop right here because that's a good angle when I'm doing this type of thing. So I feel like maybe that's why it's an easy transition for for performers to model maybe not so much model to performer because right. they're used to just posing and not the movement part of it which right. which is noticeable when there's oh models you can you notice that then you i can do see it. yeah because yeah. their their movements aren't fluid yeah yeah
0: yeah okay How different do you think burlesque is today? Because we we talked about, Mm -hmm. just a few minutes ago, you're saying that it changed over Mm -hmm. the years. Mm -hmm. How different Mm -hmm. do you think it is today than it was, not just in the past couple of years, but say in the golden era, which Mm -hmm. is like a hundred years ago, which is crazy. I know,
1: yeah. Early
0: 20th century. Yeah. You know, like, I'll say this. So before you answer that question. You know, this tiki world that we are in. And I know that you're more of a burlesque person than a tiki person. But I know that you're familiar with the tiki culture because Mm -hmm. I see you at a lot of events. Yes. But this thing that we do today, you know, it never existed in the 50s and 60s, Mm -hmm. you know. Right. We're celebrating what existed in the 50s and 60s. But it's completely different what we do today. Right. Even though it probably, a lot of the people in this scene probably think it looks the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we took a time machine and went back there, I bet it would look completely different. Probably. What, What about burlesque? What do you think is different today?
1: Today, it's different that there are very many different varieties of style of burlesque. So not only is there the classic striptease burlesque, but there's also what's known as neo burlesque which is basically everything under the sun. (laughs) Right, right. You know, there's, oh my gosh, there's different, like, comedic levels, more theatrical levels. Uh, There's costumes that can cost thousands of dollars. I don't know how people can afford that. Like, can I have a sponsor so I can (laughs) buy all the crystals (laughs) to put on my costumes?
0: (laughs) How do you feel about all that Neo stuff? Because, you know, I'm a purist when it comes to Tiki stuff, and mm -hmm. I'm unapologetic about it because... The more it gets watered down, yeah, for lack of a better term, saturated, the farther away it goes from being authentic to it's what true form, it was. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think
1: it's great because everybody has okay. their everybody has their freedom to express their art however they choose. So in that sense, I I love the neo burlesque and it's fun to watch, but I'm not.
0: You, you, I won't yeah, be yeah, in yeah. those shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause I'm
1: just, it's just not my style. Okay. But I don't, I don't turn down on it or I don't look down on it. I think, I think it's great cause it's, you know, we all have a channel to be able to express ourselves and however we feel comfortable and however we want to express our message to the world. So right. I think it's, I think it's lovely.
0: And tell me about, when we talk about the golden era of burlesque, was it more underground back then? Was it like it was part actually?
1: Of the it was actually a little more mainstream oh, was it? than realized. Yeah, because okay. a lot of the performers from back in the day, like forties, fifties, they they were making. Bank, oh, were they really? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, they were making like a thousand dollars a week back then.
0: Wow, I know. Wow,
1: like, I don't even make a thousand dollars. That's pretty week. awesome, yeah. So, and then you know, it was just a different era, of course. So, they were getting you know, fur coats and jewelry and gorgeous beaded gowns, but the like the top performers, like Lily St. Circe and Tempest Storm, okay. My gosh, Dixie Evans! I could go on and on about performers. uh, They were, they were making great income, great living, buying homes. So it was, it was definitely uh, stronger than it is now. Absolutely, as far as like the support it gets by the public in that sense. Really, it was more mainstream. Like there were like theater. There were burlesque houses, burlesque theaters back then. Like. Sorry, my history is not coming up to my brain right now. The vaudeville theaters, uh, Minsky, like, there were like huge productions. See, it,
0: that's surprising to me because I feel like we're just more progressive as a society today, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. And so the fact that you're saying that it was probably more accepted, or it was more accepted back then, mm-hmm. I would have thought it would be the other way around true true that's crazy it
1: is crazy yeah wow
0: okay and then along those lines I mean you started you said that this is your 13th year right yes so how different are you today than when you first started how about about that
1: oh let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) what
0: what would you say has changed about you your performance your style all of that stuff over the years
1: it's definitely changed, and i I can personally see it. And I'm sure if people see videos, which are somehow on YouTube, because I don't <laughs> I don't upload oh, really? videos. Oh, uh, really? Are they yeah. up there? They're somewhere in the YouTube world, yes. And um, I think you see the evolvement of how I I become a little bit more open okay. on stage and more expressive. Is it and hard to watch
0: those early videos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally, oh, yeah. right? I'm
1: like, oh, my gosh, what was I <laughs> doing? <laughs> like, how did I think that was good? And, like, how did I think that was enough crystals? What was wrong with oh, me? Oh, that's but, funny. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, it's also fun to see, and it's also fun to see because i see that i have improved and i have progressed and i have moved forward and so back then compared to now i would say actually my one of my things that i've uh publicly shared with social media is um working on on expressing more sexiness because i'm i'm known for being cute but nobody really associates me with being sexy. So see, when I get I feedback I disagree
0: with that because <laughs> I associate you in that way.
1: Well, maybe some do and I just don't realize it or maybe they do and I and maybe it's just in my brain I don't I don't accept that or I don't see it or I don't know. But okay. in my brain I don't I don't process the sexy part of it. So when I've started that that journey to to express more of sexiness on stage and so when i get feedback especially one in particular was uh berlin last year when i performed and one of the performers came up to me and she said ruby how do you do it you're sexy and you're cute (laughs) how do you do that <laughs> and I just squealed. I'm like, "Oh my gosh! You're a like, woman Thank of you. all talents." I'm like, "That's great!" i like, "Cause I I love that you see both, and I I totally welcome that. And if you know, if I get that kind of feedback, I feel like okay, I'm I'm well, I'm doing well, and I'm I'm showing what I've been wanting to show. That's like it's it's inside. Yeah, yeah. I just have been learning how to express it more.
0: I will say this. You know, I can't say that I'm a connoisseur of burlesque. I don't really go to a lot of, I don't go to any burlesque. Let's put it that way. I, mm-hmm. I, I pick up burlesque when I'm at Tiki events. So right. at Tiki Oasis when they do burlesque shows. And yes. other events that I go to where there is burlesque performances happening. And when I see the way that you perform as somebody that is not even as familiar as somebody that is a connoisseur of burlesque, even I can tell the difference. So when you say your style is more classic, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But I think that that sexiness is part of that style. Yeah. B- because it was, you know, it, it is an art, right? Yes, so yes. And it was the art of striptease back then. It was, it's, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly. Yes, but definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so I can see that. So, you know, this going back and, Seeing the old videos that you're talking about on YouTube, mm-hmm. it's funny because I get that same cringe feeling when I see Facebook memories when oh my gosh. pop up. <laughs> and stuff pops up from like nine years ago, 10 yes. years ago. And I'm thinking, what the hell am I wearing?
1: <laughs> you know, like
0: I thought right. it was cool back then. and It looks so, so stupid. <laughs> if you could go back to that Ruby Champagne that started. Mm-hmm. And you could say something to her. Mm-hmm. What would you tell her?
1: Put more rhinestones, bitch! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's never enough rhinestones. <laughs>
0: is that is that really like the rule? There's never enough rhinestones.
1: Well, that is now. But oh, back so really? then, I thought, oh, that's good. That's enough. That's enough fringe. And now I'm like, hell no, more, right. more, more. Yeah. But is
0: that because? Now you're more seasoned, or is that because things have changed over the years?
1: Uh, actually, a little bit of both, yes, because okay. there's definitely a lot more crystals in performers' costumes now than there were back then. Because I remember even when I was just going to burlesque shows in New York, they were not nearly as sparkly as they are now. Like The style has definitely changed. The costuming has definitely changed... Uh, but yeah, now I feel like, you know, it's almost like the race for who has the most crystals on their oh, costumes, really? you know? Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: All right. So let me ask you this. You've performed in so many shows and competitions all over the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What goes into each of these performances? Let's talk about that. From choreography, costumes, all that stuff. I mean, because the thing is, sometimes, like this podcast, for example, people will hear the polished, finished episode that they're hearing right now, right. but what they don't realize is that, you know, I had to drive 60 miles to get here, we have to sit here and record, then I have to take this home, and then I have to engineer it, I have to edit it. Uh, you know, have to uh, uh, market it, all that kind of stuff. Right. right I got to right. record my intros and my bumpers and put in all my sponsored ads and all that kind of stuff. Then I got to build my sponsors for all that stuff. And then right. they get this like, you know, nice and tidy, finished episode with a bow. And mm-hmm. they think that all I do is party, but they don't right. realize that like, however long this episode is, that that's the easiest part. Exactly. So, what goes into one of your performances?
1: Wow. A lot of labor definitely is involved in the beginning, especially when an act is first being created. It's, you know, putting the idea into fruition as far as costuming, what colors do I want to use, and then a matter of going down to the fabric district or garment district and getting... You know, all the trimmings and the rhinestones and the, the layers and right. can I afford to make this or can I afford to have somebody make it for me because I'm not a seamstress. So and
0: sometimes you make it and sometimes someone else does. Yes. Okay.
1: For the most part, I make my costumes, but there are some pieces where I have had to hire somebody to make them because I can't make some things. Okay. But, um, but that's definitely a lot of work. Just putting all of that together, putting the choreography together, and then even getting ready for a show it's it's like a mindset that I still have to put myself into sure and preparing myself to to present the best that I can and get ready so makeup and doing hair putting the costuming together pulling it from my costume chest and and that is all definitely time-consuming and how
0: long is a typical act
1: uh, they can average between two and a half minutes to five minutes, okay. or a little over five minutes.
0: Okay, so what I'm getting at for our audience is that it sometimes could take weeks oh, for, yeah. for a two to five minute performance.
1: And Or even years, because uh, some, okay. some of my acts that I, well pretty much the ones that I've developed for festivals or competitions, those have been acts that I have taken years to develop. And one of them I'm actually still working on. Like, I still feel like oh, really? it needs work. Yeah, and I've actually coached with other performers. And and I've workshopped my act with them to get their feedback. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's constantly honing my skills and, and getting pro- professional feedback and, and helping me to get to that next level because I only know so much. So okay. I need an outside person to tell me, this is what you can do to so it's kind of like a
0: peer review or yes some sort yes when you say coach other performers Mm -hmm. are you helping them with their choreography no they're helping me or they're helping you yes okay okay have you ever choreographed other performers no no is that not a standard practice
1: Um. Yes, there are some performers that do get their numbers choreographed. Okay. But I feel that's probably for the people that I'm that I'm getting coached from, so they're the ones that they're going to for that type of choreography. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. What are some of the places that you've visited and in particular, are there any moments during those visits or those performances that stand out to you?
1: Oh, my gosh. There's so many. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. I'd it's- say
1: the most recent was Prague. I absolutely loved Prague. And there's a Tiki Taki bar in Prague. Okay. Which is amazing. Okay. I totally loved it there. But that was such an incredible experience being in that festival. I first thought that it was not going to be a good experience because I thought they don't really correspond very well, and
0: <laughs> yeah, how is right. this going
1: to go? And then once I was there, it was like they were on it. It was top-notch, and right. it, was, it was amazing. And it how was really Prague? Amazing. I mean, like,
0: so some of these places, you know, a, a lot of bands, for example, when they go on tour, mm-hmm. as they're walking out to the stage... There is someone holding a sign that says, You are in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or You are in Prague. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that when they go up on stage, it could say, What's happening, Seattle? <laughs> and, and they don't really get to experience where they are. Okay. Do you get to do Oh, that? yes. Okay. Yes. So is there any place that you like more than others in particular?
1: Uh, well, First and foremost, Paris, of course, okay, is Paris, on the yeah. top of my list. But Madrid is actually, like, right there with okay. it. Yeah, I love Madrid. And there's also some amazing tiki bars in Madrid.
0: There's a lot, actually. Well, I should say in Spain, I think. How far is Barcelona from Madrid?
1: Um, Driving-wise, is, is probably like a few hours, like four hours, okay. maybe, okay. three, four hours. I, just,
0: I know that there's tiki in Spain, mm-hmm. which is weird yeah. to me, but I think it's cool.
1: So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I didn't get to go to one of the bars because they were closed, but another one, uh, Tiki Chateau, my friend knows the owner, so he opened it so I could go and take pictures and sit on their bar and take oh, pictures. Oh, nice. and, and he showed me, like, these really unique mugs that only he has. Right. It's so cool. And that's cool. the thing. They
0: also only have their own mugs yes, out there, yes, right? Yes, yeah. So the only way to get it is to go out is there. Is to go there, yeah. yeah. you got to go out there. It was
1: amazing, yeah. That's, that's cool.
0: If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to desertoasisroom.com and click on Services. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly T-Shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3-, 6-, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit TikiBarT-ShirtClub.com. This episode is brought to you in part by Steadfast Pomade. Steadfast Pomade is a strong-holding, medium-bodied, water-based styling product for men and women which leaves your hair looking slick, neat, and shiny with a clean, fresh scent. Its unique formula allows you to easily restyle your hair throughout the day and washes out with ease. Steadfast Pomade is American-made and veteran-owned. Available in original and anchor hold. Get yours today at steadfastpomade.com. Tame the waves and keep it steadfast. so i want to talk about your what's the right word i, I want to throw some of your titles out there so <laughs> for those that don't know so yes. listen to this miss viva las vegas 2010 yeah. best soloist at burley q 2012 <laughs> Queen of Burlesque at the San Antonio Burlesque Festival 2014, and most recently Miss Tiki Oasis.
1: Yeah. So woo woo. <laughs>
0: so let's talk about those experiences and what you did to get those titles.
1: Uh, I danced my ass off, <laughs> <laughs> and I won. Plain and simple. <laughs> uh, well, back then the Viva Las Vegas competition. It was uh, online voting, which they still do. Uh, I think four performers still get okay. selected through online voting. And I had tried, I want to say once or twice before and didn't make it, but I was still new. And yeah. I was also still new to Southern California because I had just moved back from New York. So, And I, I was still new as a performer. So, But I thought, you know, why not give it a shot and yeah. try whatever and so I then 2010 I made the finalists so I thought okay here we go and I'm not a competitive person by nature so it was kind of crazy to me that I was even doing this because I right, thought I don't right. like what am I doing and how do, how do I prepare to win but this you thing? don't have but to
0: ramp up for any kind of performance or anything so it's really no, more I, of like a marketing, like you had to learn about marketing yourself.
1: Yeah. It yeah. was all about blasting and I, and posts I get that. on Facebook and still on MySpace back then. I
0: get that because I yeah. have to do that for the podcast. If I want to yeah. stay alive, I have to. It's like I never went to school for marketing, but I am marketing my ass off.
1: Yep. Same.
0: Yeah. Same. Okay. So, so it had
1: a, a lot to do with that to even get voted in. And then the rest of it was just preparing and, you know, just okay. fine tuning my act. And then, and then definitely, yeah, just dancing my ass off on yeah, stage yeah. And, yeah. and winning. And I remember Tom Ingram saying, uh, the, the creator of Viva Las Vegas, that because uh, back then it was audience participation based, the winners. Okay. And the, apparently I broke the clapometer. I heard that too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I heard that it was the loudest. Yeah audience cheering for you that they've probably ever recorded at that event yep that's pretty (laughs) damn cool i know that's awesome it is you gotta feel great about that i
1: do feel so great and so thankful like i would have so many people tell me i lost my voice because i was cheering so loud i'm like oh my gosh i love that
0: i'm so grateful for that touching that people support
1: like oh my gosh that that
0: they they say hey you know what i'm gonna vote for you That's so cool. I love that. That was amazing. I love that. I love that. So let's switch gears and talk about your personal life outside of burlesque. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell anybody anything that you don't want them to know. (laughs) But what I want people to know is that you're more than just a burlesque dancer. Yes. So tell us about Retro Riviera.
1: Retro Riviera is an online boutique fashion website that I created uh, about 2-3 years ago and it was just a it was just a brain baby that I had in my brain and mm-hmm. and then I finally decided to launch it with the help of one of my good friends. She's very savvy within the fashion industry. She's been working in the fashion industry for many years. So it was thanks to her that I was able to get it going and launch it. But after traveling so much and my job now, it's, it became very difficult to handle the website. So I, it's active, but I don't buy any merchandise for it. So it's still there. Okay. But I haven't been pushing it, but it okay. was, it was just a, a, it was just an idea that I had. And it was essentially at the time, the job that I had back then, my day job that I had back then had cut my salary. And so another friend of mine had said, why don't you start an online store? It can be another source of income. And then my friend was like, I could totally help you, blah, blah, blah. And so that's basically how it started. And then... um I had actually written a business plan. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to start a website and, you know, just go about it that way. I did write a business plan and I had numbers put together. My dad's a CPA, so he did all that part of it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah, but, um, and I, I... consulted with a uh, small business administration people awesome. that, you know, they ha- they offer free services. So it wasn't like I just woke up and yeah, did yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, just other things started taking over. And so unfortunately I haven't really been running it actively, but it's, it's still there. And I still have people asking me, you know, do you still have this dress okay. or that dress? Yeah, and yeah. I might. So
0: <laughs> is there any plans to kind of, uh, relaunch or anything like that?
1: I don't know, because I feel like there's there's so many different things going on in my life right now yeah, that yeah. I feel like I don't know if that fits what I want to do in my okay. life right now, especially because traveling is has become like an obsession.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. So yeah.
1: I, I feel like I'd rather put my money in making those memories, especially right now that I'm able to, that I'm not you know, I'm not sick, I'm I'm able to walk, I'm able to stand, I'm able to, you know, be mobile and who's to say that in 40 years, I can still do that. Yeah. So.
0: Well, if there's one thing that I've learned uh, about life from this podcast, it's that you don't know where the universe is going to take you. Mm-hmm. Where we are today is, I mean, it's where we are today and it could be a completely different place for us a year from now. Exactly. Right? So, so, you know, when you were Doing Retro Riviera, mm-hmm. there was probably a time where you thought, oh, you know, uh, yeah, this will be here forever. And then a year later, you've adjusted your priorities. Like, you're telling me you'd rather travel now with that right. money. And I get that. Life's too short. so
1: Exactly, yeah. And my day job has been much more consuming than the last one that I had when I started the website. So, okay, yeah. So that's so I do have another life as far as my day job in construction. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, see, I I wasn't gonna say anything about your day job.
1: Oh yeah, no, people know I I work well. My background was an estimator for general contractors, okay. but now I'm a sales rep for architectural metal products. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Very cool. So, having said that, for those people that know you as Ruby Champagne, the burlesque dancer and pinup. Miss Tiki Oasis, Miss Viva Las Vegas, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you think they would find most interesting about you that most people don't know?
1: The people that know me as Ruby. Let's
0: uh, just say that. I think that, the, that the, I work the, in
1: construction. The, they think that's funny because they're like, how right. do you do? You know, you're like, you're so sparkly all the time. And like, do you wear a hard hat? No, I don't wear right, a hard right. hat. Unless I go to a job site, then of course I have to wear a hard hat.
0: What about like but. things like. And I'm not saying that you're like the like a mega fan of Duran Duran, but anything like that. Oh know? I am. <laughs> oh you are. Okay. So so that's something that people don't know about you. That and they would they would
1: I don't think people realize how fanatical I am about Depeche Mode. But that's a new thing actually. I wasn't so much a oh, fanatical really? before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I saw them at the Hollywood Bowl two years ago now. Yeah. Or over a year ago. Over a year ago. And then I went to see them again in Anaheim, and I went to Mexico City to see them last year. Wow. Yeah. So. Did you
0: travel there specifically to see their show? I did. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Oh, cool. So you are a super fan.
1: <laughs> I am. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. What What's
0: on your bucket list?
1: My bucket list. Oh, my gosh.
0: Can we talk about travel?
1: Yeah. I know that's that's on like there. the first thing on my mind is let's say the, that, go to let, Japan. Let,
0: let's, yeah. Okay. So. Let me steer you this direction. so here's what's on my bucket list, just to help you out. Uh, I want to ride a junk in China. I want to I want to actually like do a backspin on the Great Wall as well. Um, not that I'm, I'm too old to do that, but I'll, I'll, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> I wanted to do a actually as I, I grew up surfing Orange County, and I wanted to surf with Turtle, the character Turtle from the movie North Shore. And about six months ago, I had him on my podcast. Get
1: out. And he was
0: like, dude, you want to check that off the bucket list? Let's go surfing.
1: Stop it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not kidding you.
0: So, so, That's stuff so like rad. that. So, so what's on your bucket list? <laughs> have you thought about that? I any, actually
1: have not. In any
0: detail? Okay. No. Okay. But we know you want to. I'd say, like, off to the top travel, of my right? head,
1: is perform in, t- in Tokyo or Japan would be amazing. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How different is it over there, though? I mean, like, would would be would you have to adjust your act or? I don't
1: know. Okay. I don't know. All right, interesting.
0: It's a good question.
1: Okay.
0: So, all right. So now I'm going to ask you some fun questions. So, going down this path, right? So, if you could meet anyone, dead or alive, real or fictitious, who would you choose?
1: Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I think meeting Cher would be pretty rad. Oh, really? Yeah. Cher. Okay. Yeah.
0: Big fan of Cher? I am. So it's not Depeche Mode?
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Meeting Dave Gahan would be amazing. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) What about meeting both Cher and Dave Gahan? (laughs) What about having drinks with both of them? I (laughs) could just die.
1: That would be amazing. (laughs) Uh, but I think it'd be amazing to meet Cher because I mean, she's had such a great career. She's uh-huh. such an icon. Yeah. And I feel like when the world ends, Cher will be left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could yeah. travel anywhere
0: in time, how about that one? When would you go?
1: Um, I would say during the disco phase.
0: Oh, are you a disco person? <laughs> I
1: am. Are uh, you really? Maybe that's something that people don't know. No, I think most people do. Maybe they don't.
0: Well, I see your, your when you dance on My Fridays. My Friday dance videos, yeah. 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 They're very
1: disco-y. I, yeah, they're yeah. fun. They're I fun. I love disco. Uh, yeah, I would totally want to be a regular at Studio 54. Yeah.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome. I know. So what I think of, maybe I'm wrong about this, but when I think of the disco era, so Studio 54 is big. Mm-hmm. But I... I picture people in bell bottoms mm-hmm. and big afros, like on Soul Train, doing like a Soul Train line. Right, right, right. Is that's because I guess it's like 70s. Yes, that is 70s.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I'm, not I'm really disco. I guess. like that's really more hair, like funk, like, right? Silver pants and like a sequin tube top and.
0: Did you ever used to roller skate when lip you were gloss. little? Hell yeah! Yeah. So did you do it, like 70s I style? I still
1: roller skate. Oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah. With the
0: four wheels on one. On quads, right? Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah, quads. I skate there almost
1: every day. Yeah. Right.
0: Oh, do you really? I do. Oh, nice. Where do you do that? Do you do on you the just... boardwalk? Okay. Beach. All right. Yep. You know, because when I was younger, because that was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's one that I guess my listeners would never think of about me is that i not to turn this conversation on myself but when i was like 12 years old we used to go to a skate country that's the name of the place right (laughs) and 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 we'd put our skates on and you'd you'd go in like in a counterclockwise yes and then they do the slow skating Mm -hmm. where you like the coupled one right Right, you have to learn how to skate backwards so you could do that Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah that's fun my
1: dad used to make my skates
0: Oh, did he really? Yeah,
1: like out of sneakers, and then he would put the wheels. I remember I had, they were red wheels. Yeah.
0: Would he just pull them off a pair of real skates?
1: No, I think he would. Like he would get the the um, what do you call it? The plates. Yeah. And then the wheels. So and he would just do them all them. from scratch. Yeah.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah.
1: So I had my custom skates.
0: Yeah, you must have <laughs> been. Like, did you ever used to go to those roller rinks when you? were I little? did, like
1: Holiday and Orange, and actually, I used to ice skate as well at Ice Capades so, and Bray Mall. Oh
0: yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. When they had that ice skating rink, yeah, you can't be the same age as me <laughs> because I'm pretty old. But I used to, I used to hockey skate there. I used to play for oh, the wow. Bray, Bray Flyers. I played there for two years. Oh my god! In that rink,
1: yeah, yeah. Very few people know that. There used to be an ice skating rink yeah, at Brea Mall. Yeah. yeah. It was right by yeah. food court mm-hmm.
0: and I used to go there every we would go there multiple times a week because yeah. I used to play for this this uh, team. I had my Bauer skates and all that. It was a fun thing to do, you know.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. Did you grow up uh, uh, out there? Or? In Orange County. Yeah. Okay, You're Belinda right. Fullerton Brea. Okay.
0: So, I grew up in Diamond Bar so Brea was like the middle point okay. between yeah. you and where, mm-hmm. where you lived and where right I lived. So right over Brea those Mall, hills? yeah, that was like The Inn Mall. Yeah. It was like super cool. I used to
1: hang out at Orange Mall as well.
0: Uh, The Circle? Or (laughs)
1: Punk Rockers. Uh, No, Orange Mall on Tustin Avenue.
0: Tustin. Yeah. Oh, is that where um, Main Place is now?
1: How come I no. don't know I, I'm
0: not thinking of okay
1: Orange Mall it was on it's on Testin and uh, by like off meats
0: Oh meats yeah yeah okay yeah. yeah like
1: off the 55
0: They've like completely That's remodeled it out yeah. yeah yeah
1: I don't think it's even a mall anymore No. but yeah no. and then down the road is the Holiday Skate Center Okay in Orange yeah
0: I have a feeling that if somebody were to open one of those again that there would be a little bit of a comeback I think that people miss that kind of stuff
1: I feel like a l- I feel like there's more people skating than people realize because holidays is yeah, actually yeah. still open. Okay, and and
0: I agree with you. I think you're right.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's it's like kind of like rockabilly and burlesque. I feel like even roller skating is a little bit of a subculture. Okay, yeah, because it that seems would be to be quite awesome. popular. Yeah, wow. even like um, last time I went to Moonlight in Glendale for an organ night and there was a good amount of people okay so yeah i feel like i feel like there's quite a few people that are into it and i feel like there's i don't know i feel like there's kind of like a popularity of roller skating with burlesque performers lately i don't know what it is that
0: is this something we've all that have just started roller skating. is this something that you think that people wouldn't know <laughs> about you is the roller skating thing
1: Um, if they follow my social media, they They might, yeah. I don't post too many roller skating bits, but I did post like when I, when I go sometimes, but they, I don't think most people know that I go almost every day. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. So here's another fun question. If a movie were made about your life, (laughs) who do you think should play you?
1: Mm. I have
0: an answer in my head
1: that I, (laughs) that I
0: think, um,
1: who would play me?
0: I'll tell you what. I, who I think after you tell me who you think.
1: Uh, <laughs> I feel like Julia Louis Dreyfus would oh, be really? rad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking of Julia Louis Dreyfus.
1: <laughs> just because, like, her spunk and you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just love her. The you know the characters that she plays. I feel like. Yeah. That's kind of like how I am, or at least in my head. I don't know. Okay. Who did you? Who would you say?
0: I was thinking Salma Hayek.
1: I was going to say Salma Hayek at first, but I thought, no, I think Julia Louis would, would capture, like... Because her she's got,
0: you know, the <laughs> sexy Latina thing. What was the movie where she was a vampire? Like, she did this sexy dance oh, on the bar. Oh, from Till Dawn. Dusk Til Dawn. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, that's why I thought Salma <laughs> Hayek. So. Well, thank you. Oh, you
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. That's quite a couple. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Before we wrap, what is the future of Ruby Champagne?
1: Feature's so bright, (laughs) I gotta wear shades.
0: I see that you had your name on a wine label.
1: Yes, on a sparkling wine.
0: Sparkling wine. Yes. Which is like so fitting for Ruby's ruby Was it wine or champagne? It should have been champagne if it's It's ruby champagne. Well, it's
1: it's a sparkling wine because it was made in California. It can only be called champagne if it's made in Champagne, France. Oh, really? Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. So that's why
1: the bottle only says ruby. Okay. And it d- doesn't say Ruby Champagne. But yes, that was a...
0: But you're on the bottle.
1: I am on the bottle. And that was a so collaboration. So we
0: know it is. We know when it says Ruby, we know it's Ruby that Champagne. That is me. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm on, my face is on the label. But yeah, that was a really awesome collaboration with Sort This Out Sellers. And it was years. Like, it literally took years to produce. Wow, Yeah, because really? he, he was wanting to perfect the mixture and... Yeah. You know, making sure that there was an amazing product, because I think that was the first time that they had gone into making sparkling wine. Okay. But it's really delicious. It's a Grenache-based wine, and it's amazing, yeah.
0: Are you a wine drinker? Yes. Okay. So, did you have any input on how this was coming together?
1: I actually did, like the final four oh, samples. Oh, very nice. We met, like, we had dinner, and he brought the last four samples. Yeah, and then he said, okay, yeah. this is this is what we narrowed it down to. And then he said, I'll tell you which one we want to go with. And I picked the same one that they said that they want to go like, with. Yeah, so
0: See, you're a connoisseur. Yeah,
1: not really, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anything else like that in the future?
1: Gosh, uh... And I it don't doesn't know. have to be that. Yeah, I mean,
0: like, you have, you have performances coming. And I do have a lot of performances.
1: Happening. I would have loved to do some kind of collaboration with, like, you know, right now being Mystique Oasis, I would have loved to do something with, like, a rum company mm-hmm. or a tequila or a mezcal or something. But I'm not really good about knowing how to reach out to those type of people.
0: Well, you know, I have a rum sponsor oh. for this podcast. So maybe we can make something happen.
1: That so would be fantastic. I can't promise you,
0: but would, yeah, you know, we could talk about Might it. Might as
1: well throw it out there. Yeah, why well, not? Yeah. Throw yeah. it out there, right? But yeah, I, I just uh, I welcome all opportunities, and I mostly make my own opportunities. Yeah, like yeah. I try to find and whatever I can. To, right, you have. Yeah, to. exactly. That's but part.
0: That's part of the marketing thing you were talking about earlier exactly. in the show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's it's a lot of work. The whole marketing yourself, sure. you know, marketing I mean, you're, you're your brand. You're a brand. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But traveling-wise, uh, I'm going to Mexico City in June okay. of 2019 to perform in Rocalavera Roca Roca Festival. So that's pretty exciting to go back to Mexico City to perform. Yeah, it is. And then later in 2019, I will be touring Europe.
0: Oh, how cool. Yes. What part of Europe?
1: I will start in Munich.
0: Okay. There's and a Trader Vic's in Munich.
1: I know. I've been there. Oh, you have? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going yeah. go to say, you're
0: Trader Vic's while you're there.
1: A couple years ago, I took the train from Switzerland, from Basel, Switzerland, to Munich. And I checked into my hotel. The first thing I did was go to Trader, oh, Trader Vic's. Awesome. Yeah. That was literally it. the first thing. Oktoberfest was going on. Oh, okay. But I was like, I don't know what Oktoberfest is about, so I'm going yeah, to, Trader I'm Vicks. Go to yeah,
0: yeah. i yeah, I'm that person too, <laughs> right? I mean, Oktoberfest in Germany is it's cool, it's right? Awesome. That's, it's what it, it's yeah, yeah. It's awesome. But I, as a tiki guy, I would probably pick Trader yeah, Vicks first. I definitely. went to
1: Trader Vic's, yeah, and yeah. it was lovely. And and then as actually, you could tell like after Oktoberfest had finished, it started getting busier. So like all the people after Oktoberfest were there and. So, yeah, so I got to meet all kinds of, like, fun people that had yeah, been at yeah. Oktoberfest, and it was really neat. But, yeah, so I'm excited to return to Munich, because I, I didn't perform last time I was there. It was just for fun. So I'm looking forward to performing there, and hopefully I'll be adding a couple cities in Italy. Okay. And Germany, and hopefully Paris, okay. and, and uh, Madrid.
0: And there's a Tiki Bar in Paris.
1: D- yes, Dirty, Dirty Dick. Dick. Yeah. yeah, I've been there a few times. And you've been there too? Times. Okay, well, I don't know why I'm telling you this. You
0: already know. So,
1: And actually, uh, a fella that I know uh, is good friends with, the owner.
0: Yeah, Scotty? From
1: Dirty Dick. Yeah. Okay. So when he mentioned it, I'm like, oh, of course I know that place. Like, I love that Scotty's place. Scotty's
0: been on the show a couple times. I love Scotty. Oh, he's nice. Great. Yeah, he's a That's lot awesome. of fun. And Very he's, cool. And he's he's really funny. So oh, nice. yeah. So it, for all our listeners out there that want to hear Scotty's sense of humor, it's hilarious. So go back and look at the archives (laughs) to listen to that Oh,
1: that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that place.
0: Yeah, I haven't been there yet. It's super fun. Uh, You know why they call it Dirty Dick, right? I don't. Okay, so it used to be it's in the Red Light District. Mm -hmm. It used to be a whorehouse. (laughs) That's why they call it Dirty Dick. Oh my (laughs)
1: gosh! I love it! That is so perfect. So
0: when they took it over he's like, I'm not changing the name we're going (laughs) to keep it Dirty Dick. And people still to this day Walk in thinking that it's a whorehouse, it's a whorehouse. looking for action. <laughs> Isn't that funny?
1: Oh my god! And gosh. it's a tiki bar now. So wow. he's like, yeah, we
0: don't do that anymore. But do you want a drink? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So I guess
1: next time I'm there by myself, I won't be surprised if somebody yeah. asks me. So.
0: Yeah. Well, just be careful.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah, I love that. I love
0: that. I love, yeah. I love that kind of stuff, too. So That's so cool. Let's throw your social media out there for anybody who maybe wants to catch up with you and try to see a show that you're in
1: yes please do follow mostly instagram because i rarely get on facebook but on facebook my fan page is uh, ruby champagne burlesque and instagram is at ruby champagne twitter is at ruby champagne
0: and your website
1: website is www.rubychampagne.com which also has links to all the social media very cool. And you can also contact me there if you'd like to hire me for private events. I also perform for birthday parties, bachelorette parties, uh, birthday weddings. Like I've performed at a wedding or I've done Cigarette Girl. Like I walk around with a little oh, tray. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah, they hired me to walk around with a little oh, tray. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah. Nice.
0: That's not, That sounds like fun.
1: Yeah. Well, there you
0: go, party people. You Now you know where to find Miss Ruby Champagne online thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you so much I appreciate it
1: I appreciate it thank Thank you you. thanks for your time yeah
0: thanks and for all of our listeners out there that have any questions comments or just want to leave a shout out for Ruby hit us up on the group page on Facebook inside the Desert Oasis Room you can go to the website to listen to previous episodes desertoasisroom.com or you can follow us on Instagram at Polynesian Pop alrighty I'm going to give you cheers and
1: you can find me at the Bamboo Club at at the Bamboo Club (laughs) in Long Beach (laughs) cheers
0: and aloha cheers and aloha